We praise the Lord today. Can you stand with me and lift up your hands? We owe the Lord all the glory and the honor. Amen. I heard the Lord this morning say, the month of May, miraculous miracles. Oh, you can do better than that. Because I know you need a miracle. Hey, you need a miracle. You need a miracle in this place. All in the back there, you need a miracle from God. Hey, Father, we thank you today. We glorify you and magnify you today. You are a great king and a great God. Father, we thank you that this is the day that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it today. God, we thank you. Father, we see what's going on in all the world, but you are not moved. So we should not be moved. Father, we thank you that today is the day that you have made. And we lift up the name of Jesus. We magnify your name, Lord. We think about the days, Lord, in the past when you showed up then and you are showing up now. There are things happening in the earth that we have no control over, but you are not caught by surprise. We thank you, Lord, today that we have a house that we can come to and that we can be in agreement of your will and your plan and your purpose for this for this day and for our lives oh god father today in the name of jesus i lift up this worship team i lift up jasmine today oh god and i say let the glory of the lord fill our mouth god i thank you lord that the prophetic utterance and the prophetic word coming from the man of god would shake the nations father i bind the devil today i bind every lie and every satanic attack i take authority over the atmosphere and i say you must obey me in the name of jesus i take authority over every satanic every witchcraft every warlock that has stepped into this place you got to go in the name of jesus now god we bind that spirit we bind it in the name of jesus and we lose your love and your peace and your grace we lift up lord all the things that you have promised uh, for every promise is yes and amen and we give you all the glory and all the praise in jesus name amen come on and put your hands together for jesus
He's in this room. How many knows Jesus is in this room right now? I was thinking as, as they were singing, the psalmist David said this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. 
And then he said, forget not his benefits, who forgives all our iniquities, heals all our diseases, redeems our life from destruction, crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, and satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagle. We're getting ready to take communion this afternoon. And uh, if you will, if you'll pick that up, if you don't have communion, if you'll raise your hand, one of the ushers will serve you in that. Anybody, anywhere, let me give you just a moment. I see a hand right over here. We'll kind of look around. So this is a, always a special day. I, do we do it standing, sitting, standing? Standing. That's the way I like to do it. You know, I was, uh, I was thinking earlier this morning, I ran across the word regeneration in the Scripture. It's only twice in the New Testament. Regeneration literally means a new genesis. A new genesis. How many would like to have a new genesis? A new beginning. A new. And so in the communion that we're going to receive, there is newness in this. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, I received this from the Lord. And then he wrote to us about how to do that. One of the words that he used was, as oft as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Now, it's interesting. That word remembrance is a Greek word. In the Greek is a time travel word. I can't say the Greek word, and you wouldn't, wouldn't matter to you anyway. But let me tell you what it does mean. It literally means it brings the past into the present and your present into the past. How many knows what happened at the cross? So as you take that, we're going to open that up. We're going to take the bread. We know that Jesus led his disciples through this, and then the Apostle Paul established it as a sacrament to believers. This bread more than represents the body of Christ. Sometimes I think we, we downplay it as though we're just going through something. But I believe that the broken body of Jesus is still declaring wholeness. I believe everything that he went through through his body being broken and pierced and, and, and every pain, he said, this is for your healing. This right now, if you will, by faith, connect into this. If you'll recognize it, Paul said it this way, if you'll discern the body properly, then the very power of Christ's body will go into Effect and begin to move in your life right now. So let's hold this. Father, we lift up this bread today. But Lord, more than that, we lift up what your son did through the bread of his body that was broken for us. So Lord, across this sanctuary today, for everyone right now, Lord, that will connect and believe in what Jesus did was for them that they might receive today the healing that you paid for through your broken body. 
we bless this bread today. We bless you today, and we receive it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you take the bread? Thank you, Lord. Come on. Can you just thank him right now for this healing right now? Come on. Thank him. Oh, Lord. We receive it now. We receive it. My goodness. Yes, Lord. Across this room right now. Healings. 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 Mm, my. Oh, Lord. Yes. I believe right now somebody received a healing. I would be very careful in what I'm saying, but I think somebody right now that had a heart condition just received a healing. Come on, somebody in this room right now, I felt strong in my spirit the word of the Lord. There's a heart condition that you just received it in the name of the Lord. Wow. Mm. Oh, Lord, thank you. My. Now, Lord, we lift this cup the cup of the covenant, the blood of the Lamb. You said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And then you said that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So, Lord, I thank you right now for the power of your blood that delivers us from sin and then gives us power to overcome the works of the enemy, the works of darkness, and causes us to walk triumphantly because of your blood that you didn't spill, but you poured out for us. And we receive that today in faith. And so, Lord, we ask you now, may the power of the covenant blood of Jesus cover us into us, even as we receive it today. Lord, may there be an assurance of faith, an assurance of forgiveness, an for assurance of of a new standing with you today. We bless this cup. We bless this blood. We receive it today in Jesus' name. Receive the cup. Now, we can't receive the cup without thanking him for it. Can you just lift your hands and begin to honor? Come on, begin to honor and thank him. Lord, thank you right now for your body. Thank you for your blood. Thank you right now for the overcoming power of the covenant that you have cut with us and with the Father. And Lord, we honor you today for that and give you glory in Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said, come on, bless the Lord. That was mighty. That was powerful. You can be seated. I love, I love communion. I love the unity that you find in the body of Christ when you take that as, as a church. And I feel like there's such unity in that. And I'm thankful for what the Lord is, is doing in that. We, uh, we have a couple announcements uh, for the month of, of May and for June. And so uh, I wanted to remind you that we have corporate prayer uh, this coming Saturday, May 7th, from 9.30 to 10.30 uh, here at Cornerstone. And so there's plenty of room to, to spread out and to find your own space and, and uh, you know, to pray the house down. And I, I don't think it, that it's any accident that it's on a Saturday because I think the prayer warriors that come in here on Saturday, 
Saturday. They seed the atmosphere for Sunday. You know, we always talk about the miraculous and for miracles and believing for healings and deliverance. And I think that starts on Saturday, pulling those things, pulling those things down and, and tearing down strongholds so the Lord can have his way in service on Sundays. And so I encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, we also, uh, following uh, uh, prayer uh, on May 7th at 10.30, we have Jasmine's baby shower at, at 11. And so I hope that you will come and join us in that and, and uh, eat, some, eat some cake and, and have a great time and, and, and make some friends and, and celebrate a baby. Uh, <laughs> yes, a baby coming. Uh, also... On May uh, the 13th, uh, from 6 to 8.30, we are doing a youth event at the, the Hendersonville Strike and Spare Bowling Alley. And so I hope that um, the youth will come and join us for that. It's from 6 to 12th grade. Uh, and we have pizza and drinks and fellowship and a lot of laughter and uh, a lot of terrible bowling. And it's a great time. <laughs> and then also... Uh, next Sunday is uh, Mother's Day. It's such a great time to honor our mothers. And so uh, don't forget to get a gift, husbands. Uh, but we are also doing pictures um, out in the lobby uh, next Sunday. So it's a great time to take some family pictures, dress up, and, and come out. And we would love to, to, to bless you with some photos next Sunday. Okay, and June the 5th, we are starting our brand new Renew class for members and if you want to be a member or if you're already a member and you need to know what we are teaching and believing and all the wonderful things going on here at Regeneration, we invite you to that class. It's going to be right here on the campus from 1.30 to 2.30. We just need you to register so we'll know what materials to have ready for you. Also, you're going to hear from Pastor Kent and Pastor Candy, Dr. Susan Keith, Pastor Harry Saylor, so it is a dynamic class. So 1.30 to 2.30, whether you're a member or you want to be a member, we invite you to join us, okay? Then on June the 24th and 25th, we're going to have a workshop intensive. It's going to be with Nancy Alcorn and all of her incredible staff from Mercy Multiplied, and we're going to be going through the Keys of Freedom. This is going to empower you to have the keys to impact your world. Of course, you already do, but God said to sharpen what he's given us as our gifts and our callings, correct? So we need you to register. Now, that particular workshop, it will be at the old location on Brick Church Park Drive, and it's limited space, and you'll get a book, so please register, and you'll get Friday night, we'll have a meal for you, and then on Saturday, we'll have lunch together, and it's just going to be a very, very powerful time for our church, because we all know we're getting ready for an explosion. It's going to be people upon people upon people, and we need to be ready to minister to them, right? Okay, then the months of June and July, if you are a member or a member online, Pastor Kent and Pastor Candy are going to host a dinner on Wednesday nights in June, all of June and July. And we want you to come. It is strictly fellowship. 
and building community together. We come here on Sunday morning, but we don't have time to find out, find out all the information about you. So we want a time that we share, and what better way to do that than to share a meal together, correct? So, just need you to register. It'll be at the Brick Church Park location, and it's limited space. We are keeping these meals to a very low number because it is designed, we're calling it Regeneration Community Nights. And it is designed so that we can become community. You like that? Yeah, that's gonna be fun. And I bet your dollar to anything, we'll have cake. <laughs> if you wanna stand to your feet, we'll do our offering declaration. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me. Because God loves to see me prosper, I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom, and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, he can serve the people. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Hi there. I'm so glad you're here. Has anyone told you they love you today? I want to be the first. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. Amen. I have met so many wonderful people today. Uh, first, I just want to tell you about that fellowship on Wednesday nights, okay? It's going to be so much fun, and we're going to eat together. But you probably don't want to register for June 15th. Because that's the day that Jasmine's baby is going to be born. And I'm going to be sliding in on two wheels to get there to show you all my baby pictures. That's a Wednesday. So uh, we're going to have a great time. I can't wait. Really, seriously, it's going to be wonderful. But I met so many wonderful people from all over the country. I just want to kind of do it different, first of all. If you have traveled from out of town to be at Regeneration Nashville today, would you stand and let us welcome you? Everybody from out of state, out of town. Wow, look at that. Give them a good hand, Regeneration. Isn't that wonderful? We're so happy that you are here. God bless you. You can be seated. So I met a family. You're going to love this. I met this family. There are four generations that have traveled all the way from Tyler, Texas. And they came uh, for their mother. Can I tell them how you, you almost are? She, for her 90th birthday and for Mother's Day. And I just want her to stand. Would you stand up and let us welcome you? Isn't she beautiful? I love her. So beautiful. Her whole family, four generations. So I met a couple from Minnesota. So would you stand Minnesota and Minnesota? Let us welcome you. So glad you're here. Amen. Glad to have you. Uh, just so happy. So I met, uh, seems like, was, uh, was it North Carolina? Oh, stand up, North Carolina. We love you. We're glad you're here. 
You which? Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to introduce someone to you in a little bit. Did you know that Pastor Randy was here? No. Okay, so they've come from, they've come, they snuck off from church to be over here. And lo and behold, their pastor is in the house. What do you think about that? I like that. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce him in just a minute. But uh, so I met, uh, okay, so I met Texas. Did all of Texas, I want the whole Texas family clan to stand. All of Texas, stand up. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I met a lady from Louisiana. Stand up, Louisiana, and let us welcome my home state, Louisiana. Glad that you are here. So I met some, is it Kentucky? Stand up, all of Kentucky. Stand up and let us welcome you. We're so glad that Kentucky is represented here today. We love you so much. We really do. Uh, what, what, who am I missing? Pennsylvania. Stand up, Pennsylvania. Let us welcome you. I met these people in the prayer room today. So glad that you're here, which reminds me, if you want to come and pray, I'll be in the prayer room from 1.30 to 2.30 before church on Sundays. Come pray with me. If you're making a trip, you're online and you're watching and you're coming to Regeneration Nashville, don't show up at 3. Come pray with me at 1.30. I'd love to have you. So who else? Michigan. Stand up, Michigan. Welcome. What part of Michigan? Grand Rapids. Happy to have Grand Rapids represented here. Who else do we have? Arizona. Stand up, Arizona. Welcome to Nashville. Anybody else? New York. Amen. Stand up, New York. What part of New York? Huh? Albany, New York. They got Jesus up there? Wow. Praise God. Welcome to Nashville. We're glad to have you. Anybody else? Illinois. Stand up, Illinois. We're so happy to have you. Welcome to Nashville. Amen. So I do want to uh, introduce a friend of Pastor Kent's that's uh, pastors in Dunn, uh, uh, North Carolina. And actually, we had breakfast or lunch with him today, and he said uh, it's Mayberry, North Carolina. So we all know Mayberry, but actually this is Dunn. He's been a friend of my husband's for 25, 30 years. I just wanted him to just come and greet you. This is Pastor Randy Hill from North Carolina. Give him a good welcome. Just say hello. Somebody say praise the Lord. I thought about the scripture when I walked in today. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I didn't know, well, I did know my members were going to be here because one of the leaders told me, so you can't sneak out of church. Um, I'm here for a specific reason. I need the Lord to touch me today. Four weeks ago yesterday, my wife went home to be with the Lord. And Kent and Candy and the whole family have stood with us for four years believing. And we had uh, Pastor Kent at our church just about a month or so ago. And he came early to come to my house and pray. My wife was more worried about what she looked like than Kent praying for her. And she was asking me, is Candy coming? I need to put on a hat. <laughs> and she went home to be with the Lord and Pastor Kent said, I'd like you to say something to the church today, if you can. And I can because of this. 
We have a hope that the world does not have. I've preached that for 40 years, but now I'm walking in it. Verses that I've preached have a new meaning. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. We're worshiping today, and I was saying, I am not alone. And I felt the Lord speak to me actually in my room this afternoon when I was praying. And I kind of had a hunch this would happen. The day my wife passed, a grace came on me like I've never felt or experienced in my life because I didn't need it until that day. And I want to encourage someone today to let you know that when you face something that normally should put you under, that's not when you get right with God. It's all the seeds that you've sown before the attack comes. It's all the times that you prayed when things were going well. It's all the times when you stood when it didn't seem like you needed to stand. It's all those times that you sought God that when you really needed him to show up for you, his grace is more than enough. And that's why David said, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, my enemies would have swallowed me up alive. I want to encourage someone today that's going through something that you have said in the past, I don't think I can get through this. I'm here to tell you God's more than enough. God is El Shaddai. He doesn't need anything to bring in. He's good all by himself. He will pick you up in the valley of the shadow of death and show up and show off and show himself strong. So I give God praise that he is more than enough today, and I want you to know he's more than enough for you. Amen. Thank you. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Stand on your feet and make welcome Jaron Davis and Kindred Souls. Come on, Jaron. Thank you, Candy. Isn't it great to be in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. We love you, Jesus. We worship your name. Thank you for your holy presence that has filled this place since we got here. In and out of situations that tug of war at me All day long I struggle for answers that I need But then I come into His presence And all my questions become clear And for a sacred moment No doubt
house of God where the spirit of the Lord is in a strong way. Thank you, Pastors Kent and Candy. Thank you, Jasmine and Praise Team Band Choir for always ensuring that the first and foremost primary goal whenever we gather here is to lift him up and see his glory manifest in this place. And when he's here, anything can happen. Amen. And I look forward. It's always a joy for us to get to be here. This is our family. For those of you who don't know, this is my wife, Becky. That's my little sister, Allison, and her husband, Shelton. And we love it when we get to be home and come to church. It's always good. To, we love watching online, but we really love when we can come and sit here and listen. And Pastor Kent can hear us shout amen, and Jasmine can watch us jump with her. I can't jump as much as Jasmine, but I try. You know, I've had a few more birthdays than, than me although you've got more of a reason not to jump than I do. But anyway, it's so good to be here. How many of you have ever had the devil hop on your shoulder and tell you, whisper in your ear, you're a loser, you're a failure, you're not going to make it, look what you can't do, see what others are doing? How many of you have ever had that happen? 
Well, let me tell you something. When you let him talk in your ear, you've already allowed him to access to a place in your life he doesn't belong. The Bible says the head of the devil does not belong on the ear of the believer talking in your ear. The Bible says that the head of the devil belongs one place, and that is under the foot of the believer. I believe that we probably tonight ought to consider having a victory party. I don't care what your circumstance looks like because the Word of God has already declared that you are the head and not the tail, that you are the victor and not the victim because you are a winner and not a loser. Let's throw him down, put your foot on him, and start to do a dance and declare by faith the victory. The victory is ours. Come on, somebody say it. The victory is mine. Between the, power, between the powers of darkness and light, but through our worship, through our we worship, will be victorious. We're victorious. His word has promised, promised. that we win the fight. We win. So put your foot on the head of the devil. Your hands, your hands, with the shine of the shine. Greater is He that's living. The victory is ours. The victory is ours. Sing it out. Faith is our shield. Our breastplate is righteousness. The word of God, our two-edged sword. We're clothed in power that renders hell powerless. We overcome through the name of the Lord. Hey, yeah. Put on the head. that the weapons of victory. our warfare are not carnal, but through they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. When you go in the mighty name of Jesus, I don't care what you face, nothing hell brings against you can ever defeat you because of the one that lives in you. So by faith, I want you to start to say this with us. Let's declare victory. Victory. Victory.
Well, I tell you what, we're blessed in this church. I love kindred souls. They're part of us. Last week, Rebecca Howard, she sang the house down. Um, just a great presence of the Lord here today. Hallelujah. Amen. You have not because you ask not, so we're asking. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I just felt in my, pre in my spirit, I wanted to say to our online church, I love you. Uh, you. You have no idea how many online members that we have that are part of this church. I mean, it's in the thousands. And they're all over the world, and we get emails. And then I want to say to the online church, though I'm not where you are in the natural, we are together in the spirit. And I would just want to give a shout out to you and say, God bless you in your living rooms, in your trucks, wherever you're at, that the Spirit of the Lord would be powerful on you today. Uh, the Lord has just really picked me up. I, I'm in a place in the Spirit that I'm not sure I've been before. And I want to begin to release to you something that I feel God is saying to me about where we're going. Whenever God gets ready to take you somewhere, he will tell you you have to go through a door. Revelations talks about this. He says, behold, I set before you an open door. And most of the time, to get through a door into another place, you have to have a key. And many times, people in churches do not go farther in God because they don't have a key to get through the door to the other side. And I believe that God wants to release to us a key. I want to talk to you about two things today. I want to talk to you about unbelief, and I want to talk to you about faith. And the reason I want to talk to you about it is because God has raised regeneration up to perform the miraculous. We're not going to be known for great preaching. We're not going to be known for great singing. And when they come in by the thousands, and you have to get here two hours early to get a seat, uh, it's because people are coming for the supernatural presence of the Lord and the miraculous. And you can say, well, I don't know if that can happen. Well, I can tell you two years ago, this church ran about 80, and you could come 10 minutes after we started, and you could just about pick anywhere you wanted to sit. And then one day, all the latecomers came and got mad because they had to sit in the lobby or else they couldn't get in the building because God did something supernatural. So I want to challenge you in the spirit. I don't think that there's anything that we battle in our lives as believers that is stronger than unbelief. Charles Spurgeon called unbelief the firstborn son of Satan, and he said it is the parent of every sin and iniquity that exists. It is absolutely critical that you and I get unbelief out of our life. And you say, well, I don't know about this. This is why you cannot have unbelief in your life when you die. Revelations 21 and 8 says this, the unbelieving shall be cast into the lake of fire. It didn't say the adulterers or the fornicators or the gay or the liars. It specifically says the unbelieving. And the greatest need in the church today, the greatest sin that is in the church today is the sin of unbelief. 
I'm going to give you a few verses, and I'm not sure how much I'm going to give this to you, but I, this is rolling over in my spirit. But unbelief is a heart issue. It's not a mind issue. Unbelief cannot be dealt with mind over matter. Unbelief is a demon spirit. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Matthew 12, 24 says, Out of the heart the mouth speaks. So this is why in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 it says that a heart that has unbelief is evil. It says an evil heart of unbelief. I'm going to give you the definition of unbelief. It means faithless, unbeliever, and weakness of faith. I believe with all of my heart that you can have faith and unbelief at the same time. You say, well, I don't know about that. But there was, in the scriptures, I think it's in Mark, maybe chapter 6, the man made the statement. He said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. And the Lord never told him you can't have both. Faith, the Bible says, comes by hearing the word of God. So today, as you leave this building, as you watch online, I promise you, you're going to walk out of this building with more faith than you came in with because you are hearing the word of the Lord. And it is like a hammer that breaketh rocks into little pieces. The Bible says this, to every one of us is been given not a, but the measure of faith. So that's why when they said, Lord, increase our faith, the Lord said, you don't need your faith increase. You need to use what you have. Why? Because to every man, not to the sinner, he's speaking specifically to every regenerated man. The moment you give your heart to Christ and you become born again, in that experience, God puts inside of you the DNA of faith. Hallelujah. Say, why? Because we are saved by faith. We are justified by faith. We are sanctified by faith. We are kept by faith. We live by faith. We claim faith. We overcome by faith. And we fight the good fight of faith. That's why God, when you got saved, put in your spirit the gift of faith, the measure of faith. That's why... When you hear the word, you are saved by the word of the Lord. You're saved by the foolishness of preaching. So God gives you the faith, and faith comes by hearing that word. The moment you hear that word and you respond to it, you become regenerated, a new genesis. Hallelujah, as Pastor Harry said. There's something brand new, and God gives you faith. But if faith comes by hearing what God says, then unbelief comes by hearing what the devil says. So anybody that would tell you that when you got saved, your old man was gone is not alive. 
Because I can tell you every day when I get up, I am aware that I need to crucify my old man again. Every single day. You can't go three days and not crucify the old man because the, every day you leave him alive, he gets stronger. That's why Paul said, I am, uh, he said, I, I am crucified with Christ. And so you have a natural man or an unregenerated man in you, and you have a regenerated man in you. And so the one speaks faith, and the one speaks unbelief, because everything about faith denies the power of your senses. And so when Jezreel rolls up on this platform, and Jezreel, if you're listening, he is a quadrupedity that's in the, and then they roll him in on the wheelchair. I believe that we're going to see him come up out of that. But when he rolls in, and we see him, and he can't move and has a tube. He watches every service. And his mom emailed, she said, he watches to see if some, when you pray for somebody, are they going to come out of a wheelchair? I am at a place where we no longer will bow down to the spirit of unbelief that says God can't do it. Can I tell you, hallelujah, there is something loose in the Holy Ghost that I am loosing in this house. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So the problem is for so many Christians the unregenerated man speaks too loud. So we struggle because our senses are telling us one thing, and our spirit man is declaring something else. Abraham, the Bible says, staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. We declare something that God's going to do, and then our senses kick in, and we start walking like a drunk man staggering you know we just you don't know where they're gonna go because the bible says that unbelief tried to make him stagger and if you think about this story god has told a 75 year old man that he's gonna have a boy and then waits till he's 99 years old and for 24 years while abraham watches himself die and his loins die and Sarah is dying and her womb is dead and everything in his senses says it's never happened it can't happen you're past the age God did not tell you the truth you're gonna die childless he held on to the word of the Lord and every day he would get up and he was a little more wrinkled and a little more tired and a little more weak but he said, my God told me, I am going to have a son. And him and that old woman would walk holding hand in hand and say, God, we thank you for the baby. The neighbor said you're crazy. When they built the nursery, they said they were crazy. But can I tell you, there came a day when a hundred-year-old man, out of the faith of God, heard the sound of a newborn babe that broke the Silence that unbelief 
I put on them. We don't need better buildings. We don't need more education. We don't need better structure. We need Holy Ghost apostolic men and women that have gotten to a place that they would say if Jesus said it, I believe it. Hallelujah. Though it matters by the Holy Spirit. This is why Mark 16 and 17 says, these signs shall fall. And boy, I feel, I'm telling you, we are opening a door in the Spirit. I can hear the hinges creaking right now. While I'm preaching, you and I are putting a key in a lock. They're getting ready to run out of wheelchairs. They're getting ready to say, my God, I can see cancer is falling off. Blind eyes are being opened. Ears are being unstopped. What is that? God took hold of you and me, put us in this building for such a time as this. Hallelujah, that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We are giving notice to hell. This is our hour. This is the hour of the church. Said these signs shall follow them. The first thing I notice is it says, they're going to follow to say these signs believers will chase. That's part of the problem of the church. We got too many chasers. I've been in services where I knew they were faking it. Knew they were manipulating. You got so many Christians, though, that are about that deep. They have no discernment, and they don't even know they're being manipulated. And they'll empty their wallet out, and $50,000 will come out of an audience of 300 people, and then you can't get $200 for missions because the church has become drunk on stimulation and entertainment and excitement. So the first thing that the Scripture says, if we are a believer, signs should be following us. We shouldn't be chasing after it. But while we're going on in the will of God, you look behind you. Here comes quadriplegics. Hallelujah. Here comes people that have been paralyzed. Here comes people that have been blind. What is that? They're following you who believe. And can I tell you that this message that I'm preaching to you is not relegated to preachers. It is relegated to you that drive trucks, run computers, are in the janitorial business, that teach school, that work in a restaurant. It doesn't matter what your vocation is as long as you know who your God is by the Spirit. It says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean you are one. 
Just because you say you believe doesn't mean you do. Signs declare whether you really believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. This is why most churches today, the mega churches even, nobody prays for the sick. One of the things that I have to be really careful about is I don't let the response of the congregation affect my faith. Smith Wigglesworth, I recently heard this. Smith Wigglesworth, they had a lady come up, had a huge tumor, and she couldn't even walk. This mammoth tumor, and she's in a wheelchair, and he said, get her up. And they said, well, she can't stand up. He said, I said, get her up. They got her up. He prayed for her, and he said, let her go. They let her go, and she fell over on the tumor. And the audience just kind of gasped. And they got her back in the chair, and he said, get her up again. They said, you already saw that she can't get up. He said, I said, get her up. And he prayed over her and commanded that tumor to leave. He said, now let her go. They let her go. She fell flat over forward on that tumor. She's laying on the floor, and the, and the congregation is just. And one man stood up and said, my God, let her alone. <clears throat> they put her back in the chair. He said, get her up. They said, we ain't getting her up. He said, I said, get her up. They stood her up. He commanded that tumor to come out. He said, let her go. They let her go, and the tumor fell off on the ground, and she was healed by the power of God. See, faith has to see beyond what these eyes see. You have to see. That's why this says, oh, God, enlighten the eyes of my heart that I might know what is the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. Here's what the word signs means. An unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature. That's what miracles are. Because we have so much unbelief in the church, we have become satisfied with teachers and entertainment, and we won't put ourselves out on the line. God raised me up to be a miracle-working preacher. And God has raised some of you up for that. When Oral Roberts died and A.A. Allen and Catherine Kuhlman and Jack Coe and William Branham, and we quit seeing those healing crusades, was it because God couldn't do it anymore? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <clears throat> what was it? Unbelief got in the house of the Lord because you can build a church and still have unbelief. You can have great services and still have unbelief in the house. But you get unbelief out of a church 
and hell will be terrified of you. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to deal with faith here in a minute, but um, the Bible says this, he that believeth on me, you know, we hear this a lot. I hear people say, all it takes to be saved is that all you have to do is say, I confess Jesus Christ <clears throat> as my Savior and that I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. But there are other verses. If you take a verse, it has to fall in context with other verses. You cannot extract one verse and then build a doctrine around it because the other verses that are in the Bible have to support that verse. So this is why it's important to understand the context of what God is saying. That believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. But there's another verse that says, he who believeth on me as the scripture has said. So then you have to go back and find out what does the scripture define as believing and giving your heart to the Lord. It means you turn away from sin. It means that you are born again. Hallelujah. It means that you are no longer addicted. It means that you go to church on a regular basis, that you know how to fast and pray, that you study the word of the Lord. You can't just say, I'm a Christian, and then tell God to take a hike. It doesn't work that way. This is why this is an unusual church. When we have prayer meeting on Saturday morning, we got 300 people that show up. That is an unusual occurrence that is contrary to nation. Why? Because of the power of the Lord. So when the old man begins to talk to you, because you have to understand when you begin to operate in the supernatural and the miraculous, you are stepping over not into God's territory, but the devil's territory. Sickness didn't come from God. It came from the devil. So it's his realm. So you are stepping into the realm of your adversary. So you better be mature in the Holy Ghost. And you better have some assurance that the power of God is in you. The Bible, uh, one verse talks about when Jesus is, I think he's praying for the man's son who has epilepsy. And it says that he said, the disciples, I think, asked him, why could we not cast him out? He, if I remember right, he said, because you don't, you don't have authority. But he said also, you have to, let me see if I have this written down because I want to get this right. He said, first thing you have to do is, he told the man, he said, you have to believe. And he said, the second thing you have to do is use the name of Jesus. And the third thing you have to do is cast him out. So the first thing you have to do is you have to have faith. But he said, then you have to step over into the authority that comes from the name of Jesus. And he said, then when you step into the authority of the name of Jesus, he said, then you cast it out. Yeah. 
by that authority. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus could cast out demons. That's why when demons saw him before he ever said, hello, boys, they were saying, please don't hurt us. So unbelief is the hardest thing for you and I to get rid of. From me to you, it's what we struggle with the most as believers. Because the moment that something happens that has proof in other people's lives that we know is successful, we start looking at that instead of looking at the Word. This is why 2 Corinthians says this, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Unbelief will challenge the word of the Lord every single time. When they whipped Jesus with those 39 stripes, in those 39 stripes came victory over every disease that would ever be known to mankind. Jesus is not surprised when the doctors say, we found a new strain, we found a new virus, we found a new disease. We don't know what it is. Jesus said, my blood already took care of that. What the Lord is looking for in this building is some men and women that get so enraptured with the power of God and the love of the Lord that unbelief cannot stay in your house because of the glory and the authority of the power of the Lord. So God gives us the ability, it's already in you. So there's no sense in having hands laid on you for you to have faith. The scripture is very, very plain that you are just like Jesus right now. As he is. 1 John 4, 17, so are we. Greater works than these shall ye do, that he is our elder brother, that we bear the DNA of Jesus Christ, that everything Jesus did, you and I can do today. It's just that we have been so entrenched for so long with defeat and unbelief in the house of the Lord that no longer do we want to step out and take risk. But faith requires risk. Peter would have never walked on the water if he'd have never got out of the boat. And I can promise you the other 11, and when the end of the day was over, thought, I wish I'd have got out there with him so I could know what it was like to walk on the water. I am challenging you by the Spirit of the Lord that every area of your life right now, that the enemy has said, I've got it. It won't change. It's hopeless. You cannot overcome it. Your faith right now, in the name of the Lord, may the faith of God rise up in you around the world. May God so loosen you a divine utterance of the power of God and he shakes the very powers of hell and you are healed, saved, delivered and changed by the word of the Lord. (laughs) 
Matthew 19, 26, with God all things are possible. Matthew 10, 27, nothing shall be impossible with God. Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him that believeth. Matthew 17, 20, with faith nothing shall be impossible unto you. Uh, Luke 1, 37, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Philippians 4, 13, uh, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Uh, Romans 12, 3, uh, to every man uh, has been given uh, the measure of faith. Uh, and if Christ can do it so can you and I right now in America one of the leading industries that's being built all around this nation is hospitals and clinics on every corner they've got some kind of little clinic because we have more revelation, more gospel, more books, more preachers, more prophets than the church has ever had, and we are sicker than we have ever been. Even the secular realm says this, that America is living longer but less quality of life because of sickness and disease that is in their bodies. Can I tell you, it is because the church let a virus of unbelief get inside of them and that when the impossible stares us in the eyes, we start making preparation for funerals for bankruptcy, for loss, instead of making preparation for restoration, resurrection, restoring, hallelujah, by the power of God. I pull on heaven today that God will begin to loose on you a new mind and a new understanding that he is changing you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Just for the sake of time, I want to just touch for a moment. The Bible says that, in fact, I'll just read a quick scripture to you here. But Mark chapter 5, I think it is. <clears throat> Verse 25, and there a certain woman had an issue of blood 12 years and suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. That is a wonderful depiction of cancer. I hardly ever see anybody that goes through radiation and chemotherapy that is healed. It's a long, drawn-out, painful process. Their hair, they lose their hair. Their quality of life is gone, and I believe that the industry does it because they are bankrupting people. Just email me all you want, but God hates cancer. And this scripture talks about this. She had a blood issue. Cancer is a blood issue. And it said, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Oh, God, make us a church that when people are sick... And they hear about this place. They say, I got to get over there. 
They say, why you got to get over there? Because I hear that when people get over there, my neighbor went over there, and she was dying, and she, and she went back to the doctor, and there ain't nothing wrong with her. My, 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 my husband named Dennis had Parkinson's disease, and he went to their conference and couldn't even walk, and all of a sudden, he's running across the platform. I, oh, the lady last week, I was dying of cancer stage four. Pastor, pray for me, and I don't have any cancer in my body. When she heard of Jesus, she began to press in, and she said, I've got to get a hold of this man. May you be so contentious. May you be so powerful that when your neighbors and your co-workers, your family, hears about the glory of God that's broke out of your spirit, out of your belly, shall flow rivers of living water. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, I should be made whole. Jesus was so amazing that they, she said, I don't need to touch him. That would be to us like, I don't need anybody to pray for me once I get there. If I can just get in the service. If I can just get in the in, in service in the middle of worship. While they're worshiping, I know I'm going to be made whole. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague, the coronavirus. The, it's interesting that every time one virus starts losing its effect to strike fear in society, they come up with a new one. You got to have a vaccine. Well, that one don't work anymore because we got a new strain, so you need that vaccine. Now you've been triple vaccinated, and they don't tell you all the people that are still getting it. <clears throat> when people ask me, have you been vaccinated? Yes, by the blood of Jesus. I can't go on a cruise because I haven't been vaccinated. But I'd like to get a card and walk on Princess Cruise and say, where's your vax card? And I just hand them a New Testament and say, right there. I'm the healthiest person that you have on your ship right now. And by the way, you tell everybody to come on the Lido deck in the morning at 9 o'clock, and I'll pray for them, and God will heal all of them, and nobody will be sick on your ship. That's radical faith. That's what I'm talking about by the power of God. This is the verse I want to get to. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, all right, somebody touch me. He said, I want to know who touched me. And they said, well, Lord, you know, it's kind of a silly question because you are in the midst of a crowd and everybody's touching you. He said, no, you don't understand. He said... I'm used to being in the midst of my people and never feeling them touch me. How many times do we have church and God leaves and goes, they never touched me? This is why prayer requires great effort. 
you are pressing in. You're pushing through the job. You're pushing through the kids going to school. You're pushing through the bills. You're pushing through the marital discord. You're pushing through the pressures of life. Isn't it funny how when you pray, all of a sudden that piece of junk on the carpet really bugs you? Or that thing that's not set right, it needs to be straightened, but it hadn't bothered you for a whole day. But as soon as you start praying, there are things that start bugging you that I need to fix that. That is a spirit of distraction that's trying to get you from pressing in. So when not every day do I go to prayer and immediately angels show up and I hear the trumpet sound and Jesus holds my hand and gives me great revelations. There are many, many days that I am pressing in. I am pressing in. Hallelujah. What am I doing? I'm trying to touch the Lord that when I walk out of prayer, Jesus will look at Michael and go, he touched me. They said, Lord, how do you know somebody touched you? He said, virtue came out of me. This is what virtue means. Inherent power residing in a person by virtue of its nature for performing miracles. It's the measure of faith that is in all of us an inherent power. No wonder Jesus told them in Luke, he said, tarry you in Jerusalem till you be endued with power. It's an inherent in every single believer's life. You have an inherent power. by the nature of it to perform supernatural things. But it's been so long since we've seen it that the church has become proficient of just being a student of history instead of a releaser of the present supernatural. So we shout about what Smith Wigglesworth did, and we shout about Oral Roberts, and we shout about John G. Lay. But what about the year 2022 uh, when the world is under a plague uh, and fear has rocked the nations? Uh, is there a church in this hour with the resounding yes, I say? Uh, there is a church uh, in the world uh, that is rising to the clarion call uh, that says we are more than able to go up and take the country. If you have the denominations that don't believe in the Holy Ghost but the evidence of speaking in tongues, I just tell you right now, I ain't going to apologize for this. The Bible says they asked Jesus why could we not cast out that demon? And he said, it is because of your unbelief. And the Bible said, he upbraided them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. I looked at the word upbraided. It means he shamed them. 
He said, shame on you after all that you have seen that you still are ruled by unbelief. You, each and one of you, have enough miracles in your past that God has already done that we should not need God to prove himself again before we say, I believe. Hallelujah. But look what the Lord has done. Now, if it was not for God, hallelujah, most of us would be dead, addicted, imprisoned, divorced, hooked on alcohol. But the Lord did a miracle for you. He changed you, turned you around, set you on the rock of ages, and changed you by the power of the Holy Ghost, and you are more than conquerors today because of the victories of your past. So you say, well, how, you know, he said to them, he said, you have a hard heart. He said, because they did not understand the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. As the scripture says he fed 5,000, but historians say with the women and children, at least 20,000 with a little boy's lunch. So it had to be an amazing thing because most of the people didn't know that there wasn't enough food. And so, but the disciples knew. So, you know, Jesus takes five loaves, two fishes, and John and, and these guys are standing there going, well, what's he going to do with that? He said he blessed it and broke it. He, he broke it and he blessed it, and he said, okay, feed them. And they're going, have you lost your mind? Because it's still five loaves and two fishes. He said, here's a little bit for you. Here's a piece of bread and a piece of fish for you. Here's a little bit for you. Now, go out there and feed them. So they went out, and, and John goes, here you go. And he's a big guy. He says, can I have two pieces? And Peter's, and, you know, John's saying, I don't have enough. And so he reaches in the bag. He said, well, here you go. And he looks in, and he's got more in the bag than when he started with. And, and he, it had to happen like this. And, and some of the other disciples are over there, and all of a sudden they're hollering, hey, I got more now than I, I got nine fish in my own bag. And they go, I got 13. And can you imagine now? They got caught up. They're just saying, take, they say, can I have some fish? Take all you want. Here's some more. Here's some more. Here's some more. And they're feeding 20,000 people, 12 guys. It must have took like two, three hours just to walk amongst 20,000 people. And they come back and they still got 12 baskets full. And then the next time something happens, they have no faith. Their faith, their heart was hardened. I thought about this. This is back to the reference of groups that don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is always likened to oil. When you want to soften something, you put oil on it, soak it in oil. Whenever you deny the power of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking in tongues, people's hearts get hard. And this is why most denominations, in fact, every denomination that does not believe in speaking in tongues also does not believe in divine healing. Why? Because they can't make it happen. Because their hearts are hard. So they buy into everything the news says. They bind to everything that's out there. 
Listen, God has put in you the inherent power. What released the virtue? It was faith. Somehow, may God curse this demon of unbelief that we all fight and begin to believe, hallelujah, that God can do anything, that he's a big, big God. When John G. Lake was in Spokane, Washington, history documents, 100,000 people with terminal diseases and issues were healed until hospitals shut down, and the doctors took him to court and sued him for practicing medicine without a license because they were losing so much money because of divine healing. That is going to happen in Nashville, Tennessee. I declare it by the name of the Lord that this is a healing center by the Spirit of the Lord. Either you can be for me or you can be against me. But if you're coming to be titillated and entertained, this is the wrong house. We declare war on every principality and every power and every ruler of darkness. We declare this city belongs to us in the name of Jesus. Every sick person, every cancer victim, every bound person, every addicted person, we loose the virtue of the Holy Ghost into Sweden, Australia. It doesn't matter. May God begin to break down the powers of darkness. I will end with, with this particular verse. Just a few chapters later in Mark chapter 9. When he's healed, the little boy, it says, and the dad says, Master, I brought him to thee, my son, has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, he gnashes with his teeth. And I spake to your disciples, they could not cast him out. And Jesus said, O faithless generation, how long should I be with you? And said he, in verse 22, the dad said he throws him into the fire. So, you know, you think about it. Um, I mean, I would have done this, but, you know, that, that boy, these demon spirits would manifest in him and, and uh, throw him in the fire. His dad must have had scars on his hands where he would reach into the fire and grab his boy, try to put out the, the embers. And the boy had to have scars. And he's crying. He said, Lord, I tried with them. And I'm sure he's discouraged. And he said, he's crying. He said, Lord, he said, um, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus put it back on him. He said, if you can believe. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And the father cried out, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He wasn't saying make my unbelief stronger. He was saying deal with it. And Jesus saw people come running together, and 
he rebukes the foul spirit and he says, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, you come out of him and you enter into him no more. And the spirit cried. We need to understand that you are dealing with demons. And a lot of sicknesses are demons. In fact, all sickness is demons. But we don't want to offend anybody. When I pray for people, a lot of times I say, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit of cancer, I command you to come out of him. Come out of her. Loose her in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the spirits have to obey. But here's, here's where we're at. Verse 26, the spirit cried. This is after Jesus said, I'm going to heal this boy. The spirit starts showing off. He began to tear him, you know, He's going into fits, said he ran him sore, <clears throat> and then it looks like he's dead. In fact, people thought he was dead. They said he's dead. So many times when we believe God for something, that spirit will challenge our faith, and it will do one more big ex exhibition to make us cave in. And see, I don't, evidently, I, the Bible doesn't say it, but evidently it might have happened with the disciples. That thing showed off, and the disciples said, ooh, can't help, can't help him there. But Jesus stood there, and the boy's laying on the ground, looks like he's dead. And instead of Jesus going, man, I wasn't expecting that. Looked over the disciples. Is that what happened to y'all? The Bible said he just reached down, took the boy by the hand, said, get up. Gave him to his dad, and he said he's fine. Right now, in the spirit realm, there are spirits that are manifesting, and it looks like they're winning. We cannot be moved by what we see. Jesus was moved by what he knew. And he knew I have authority over that spirit. It can foam. It can bite its tongue. It can do everything it wants. But when he gets done, I'm going to loose that boy and heal him. So in Jesus' name, today, I take you by the hand. Harabobobo Sunday. You have got to quit looking at the last final act that the devil is trying to pull in your life, saying, see how big I am, how strong I am. You have to hold your ground. And then when he gets done, Jesus looks at him and goes, are you done? Get up. Hallelujah. I'm charging you by the Spirit of the Lord. Get up. In the Holy Ghost, you have virtue in you. Those of you that are listening to me online, the Word of God did not get weak after 2,000 years. It didn't die in the 50s. It didn't die when television networks messed up. It didn't die when your favorite preacher fell into adultery. It didn't die when they translated the word the wrong way. 
Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. I declare war in the name of Jesus. We take back our territory. We take back our land. We take back our inheritance in the name of Jesus. Stand with me. My prayer partners come. Those of you that have terminal diseases or incurable diseases, if you want to come on this side, we're going to keep doing this. We're not going to be intimidated. We're going to believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. The enemy wants you to live in a truce with him. Don't do it. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, I think it was, maybe it was the Benjaminites, I'm not sure, but the enemy came after them and said, we're going to war with you. And they went back and said, what are your stipulations for peace? They came back and said that we can put out your right eye. The reason they asked that was because when these men went to battle, in their left hand, let's see, in their right hand, they, they held their shield. They put, they put out their right, that's what. They put, in their left hand, they held up their shield. It covered their left eye. In their right hand, they held their sword. With their right eye, they could see. The enemy knew, doesn't matter what kind of shield you got, if we put out your right eye and you hold up your shield, you can't see us. The enemy wants to put out your eye so you can't fight anymore because your faith can't see. You know what I'm saying? Let us get rid of your faith. I'm telling you that there is a <clears throat> supernatural translating spirit in this house right now in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> for the last few days, I've been telling the Lord, I repent for unbelief. I want us to raise our hands across this house. And I want you to tell the Lord, because every single person in this building needs to do it. But we need to tell the Lord, God, we repent of our unbelief. Help our unbelief. That our faith could be released in the name of the Lord. God, Regeneration Nashville today, we repent of unbelief in this house. And oh, God, hallelujah, Lord. God, that the virtue that's in us would be released in the name of the Lord. Now, God, I ask you to begin to loose the supernatural in this building, the power of the miraculous in the name of the Lord. It will happen on jobs. God, it will happen, Lord, in shopping centers. It will happen in restaurants. God, that the men and women in this building right now be endued with power from on high in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you need a prayer partner, if you need somebody to join with you, you got something to pray about, come on. We got our prayer partners right here, but there is an 
atmosphere that has been charged by the Holy Ghost. You are leaving this building today changed. If any two agree, you need agreement. Get up here with one of these prayer partners and say, I need you to come into agreement with me that God is going to do this. All right, come here, Valerie. Amen. This is, I need your faith to press in to release the virtue that's in this house. How old are you, dear? 60 years old. You don't look 60. Hallelujah. We're going to cast this colon cancer out of her body. And Valerie, I'm declaring by the word of the Lord that you shall live and not die. Now, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit of death. You foul, I don't care what stage you are, the stage of Calvary curses this thing in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Put your hand on your colon right there. In Jesus' name, now in the name of the Lord, God, from this day on, oh, you demon of cancer, come out of her abdomen, out of her colon, in the name of the Lord, that God, when she lays down tonight, she is healed by the spoken word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Do come in agreement now. Now begin to praise God. Lord, we declare, we thank you that Valerie is cancer-free. That Lord, that never will again touch her body, that she will live to the trumpet sound. And oh God, we praise you. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, we cover her with the blood of Jesus in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Pastor, this is Marlene, and she had femur uh, surgery. They said that she'll never walk again. She's from here in Tennessee. Her name's Marlene. So, why is she having surgery? femur she had a rod put in said she'll never walk again this just happened this past wednesday all right so you had a, a rod put in your leg and they're saying you can never walk again right <clears throat> so did you walk a couple of months ago before last july, before last july she walked yeah. amen you want to walk again amen. hallelujah you believe in the power of healing how many believe that God's going to get her in her femur? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is going to reconstruct. What's, what's her name? Marlene? All right, Marlene. Hallelujah. Which leg is it? That one right there. Amen. In Jesus' name. Now the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. God, get in her leg, Holy Ghost. Lord, I lose the virtue of Christ that's in me into her leg. That, oh, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, I lose the power of the word of the Lord. God, you said it. It has to happen. We call it done in Jesus' name. Devil, you're a liar. He Sunday. Hallelujah. That, oh, God, according to your word. Lord, according to your word. Hallelujah. 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 Can 
listen, I'm not going to let you fall, but we're going to have to take a step of faith here, all right? If it hurts, you can sit back down. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Now, God, we thank you that, Lord, according to your word, that, oh, God, Lord, you said it. God, as you did it in times past, in the name of the Lord. God, I speak power. I speak power. God, to the muscle, to the sinew, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. And oh, God, hallelujah, Lord, do it. Oh, Lord, release it in Jesus' name. That, oh, Lord, God's strength begins to come into her leg. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. God, every spirit that has gotten in her to make her lame. You said, God, the lame shall walk again. God, the blind shall see. Now, in Jesus' name. Lord, God, we're putting you to the test. The word works. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name name in Jesus name Lord the lame man at the gate beautiful Lord he ran he danced he shouted oh in 2022 Lord loose the word of the Lord I hold on to your word God I declare it life strength in Jesus name he oh I praise you God Lord I praise you. I got you Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Rusty, take her hands right here and help her. This is what we're doing. We're priming the pump. And this is where we are as a church. This is where I am in my ministry. The devil's challenging us. There, he's, he's throwing a fit. Either we can cave in and say, well, it didn't happen. And not and, and quit it, or else we can keep pressing in every week, every Sunday, until the enemy gets the message that this is a house of miracles, hallelujah, and the power of God is being released in Jesus' name. Terry. Amen. Pastor, this is Charlotte. She's from Tennessee here. She's had strokes heart disease and she has a peripheral artery disease she's asking God for complete healing all right come up here honey amen you're too young to have this amen amen you ever been prayed for for this just hadn't happened yet right amen Charlotte hallelujah your heart A blood clot. All right. So you just need an overhaul there, don't you? Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, God, get in her blood. And, Lord, in her arteries. God, give her the health of a young woman right now in Jesus' name. Lord, these signs that shall follow them that believe in my name, says the Lord. Hallelujah. I cast out 
every disease, every sickness in the name of the Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, from her head to her feet right now. The strength of God, the power of God, the glory of God. Lord, confirm your word in the name of the Lord that from this day on, she will begin to say, oh, I feel better. Something's changed by the Spirit of the Lord. God, I call it done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Pastor, this is Ted. He's from here in Tennessee. And he has, he's fourth stage of Alzheimer's fracture in his spine. He's believing for a healing, a miracle. Is Teddy? Ted. Mm-hmm. Have I prayed for Teddy before? She said you probably have before. Amen. He's fourth stage Alzheimer's. I hate Alzheimer's. The Bible says this, that God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. And the devil is a thief. In the name of the Lord, I curse this spirit of Alzheimer, Alzheimer that has come into Teddy's brain. And in the name of Jesus, now gone, Lord, turn the light back on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, God, turn the light back on in the name of the Lord. That God into every part of his brain in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord, you demon of Alzheimer's, I cast you out. In the name of Jesus, I believe, Lord. I believe, and in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Alzheimer, let go. Now, God, confirm your word. Sound mind, sound mind, sound mind. In Jesus' name. Come on, join with me in the spirit of prayer. In the name of the Lord, God, that this day, Teddy, is changed by the spirit of God. That, oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost the power of Jesus. He owned the love of us someday. Hallelujah. Oh, the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God, we thank you. Lord, for your word. God, for your word. He owned the love of us someday. That God, you just sharpen mine. Sharp mine. Cognitive ability come back. In Jesus' Jesus name hearing come back in the name of the Lord God put the spirit of Caleb upon him in the name of the Lord that from this day on God he is able to function complete and whole in Jesus name pastor this is Sue from Texas and she is stage three kidney disease all right her name is Sue. Hello, Sue. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Ready for God to heal those kidneys? Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. I need you to help me. We're a family here. Let's, let's heal her together. In Jesus' name. Let your faith release the virtue of Christ. Now, Sue, in the name of Jesus, I speak to your kidneys in the name of the Lord that the prognosis is a lie that God when she goes back they're gonna say we don't know what happened but you've got 
normal kidneys, healthy kidneys, in the name of the Lord, that the devil cannot steal your health. Hallelujah! Come out of her kidneys in the name of the Lord. I lose the virtue of God to begin to flow into your body. In the name of Jesus, you're healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to let Jasmine lead us in worship a little bit, but everybody in this building today that needs God to do something for you, while we're singing, I want you to just begin to, to believe. I'm telling you, there is a, there's a, we're walking through a door right now. God has put a key in your hand right now in the name of Jesus, and you've got to begin to cast down every lie. Cast down the fact that your daddy died of it, your aunt died of it. You are not going to die of it. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. Incurable is not in the Bible. Hallelujah. It's nailed to the cross. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. 